The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. My name is Roscoe Toss Cobble. I enjoy long walks on the beach, spending time with my daughter Gracie, and murdering people. My name is Colvick Darkley. I'm a half-white cleric of Hyaya. And I'm the keeper of the secret ingredient. This is Melvin Hardmeat. And you can reach the third dimension through my butthole. Twenty whole episodes ago, in episode 21, we did our first ever recap to recap the first 20 episodes. It has now been 20 more episodes, and it's time to do a little recap again. I recognize that the first recap we did was boring as shit. So, <laughs> uh, we're going to do it a little different this time. All of us are in the room, and we're going to do a recap where we kind of talk about the episodes and what happened in them. A little Q&A sort of thing. And, yeah. A.K.A. remind us all of what we did. The terrible deeds we've done. Mm-hmm. Little rehash, little uh, little finding stuff out. So let's go all the way back in the Wayback Machine to episode number 22, titled "She Just Drifted Away." In this episode, you guys were fighting the super amazing adventure friends. Um, I think you actually started the fight in episode 20. There were some crabs. We actually killed Bloop temporarily with the Thunder Wave spell. That was scary. Sorry, Bloop. <laughs> I, I personally thought the uh, the most interesting part of that whole episode, however, was uh, was a different spell. Melvin, you, you remember that spell we're talking about? <clears throat> yeah, must be talking about the sleep sleep spell. Is that the spell? Helga Eagle Chaser was drifting away in the water, trying to swim for dear life, and then a wave of tidiness washed over her. And then the water did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was only uh, the mercy way to go. Yeah. I mean, Is that what I, you're thinking? I was thinking that if I wanted to go, I would want to go in my sleep. So <laughs> I just cast sleep on her. It was the death she deserved. <laughs> Maybe not, but it was the death she got. Whatever. If I remember right in that fight, we gave him plenty of opportunities to not start some shit. We did. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> so after that fight wrapped up, you guys began investigating the cube. And that rolled us over in uh, episode number 22. Sorry, Wait, number... Shouldn't we talk about how we try to investigate the cube? I mean, depends on how deep you want to take that. I mean, we that tried all kinds of things. The last thing we attempted that we were talking about. Did... Did we, did we all touch our wieners to it at the, yes, same, we at did. the same time? Yes, we did. Just <laughs> <laughs> you had four corners, so you guys even got Bloop involved. 
<laughs> he, was, he was excited to be on the team. <laughs> we had to try. <laughs> it's the only way. You're a team player, Bloop. Take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, unsuccessful. But we tried, damn it. Touch this cube with your weird monster penis. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be weird? <laughs> I shouldn't assume. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say because internet, I mean. I apologize to any kobolds <laughs> for making assumptions about your weird monster penises. Uh, actually, and it's funny too because uh, in episode 23, Ye Oldie Magic Shop, Shoppy, uh, and one of my notes right here is the gang keeps on trying to get the cube to react. They do everything, including touching wieners to it, to no effect. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, you guys had gone back to town and you rifled through the super amazing adventure friend's house. Uh, there was a little bit of moral quandary that was brought up at that time. Actually, that, you know, so that's something that I've, I've kind of wondered about. And we can, we can go around the table because you guys... You guys killed these people that came after you trying to kill you, you know, mm -hmm. tit for tat, I guess. Uh, but then you went and looted their house, and Melvin, you in particular seem to have some... Uh, you, I can't remember your exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, you guys don't feel weird about this breaking into their house and taking their stuff, or something along those lines. Yeah, I think I'm the only one with morals around here. Going killing people, and then we just go and loot their possessions. So I don't need them anymore. <laughs> Maybe they had families, man. As far as I'm concerned, their house is like a treasure chest. <laughs> like, they were enemies. We were lawful in killing them. Now we get the loot. That's how it works. You lawfully kill somebody, you get everything they own. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the law of the land. Well, we know where you stand. <laughs> what about Kolvik? I was kind of in the same mindset as Roscoe, is that we gave them opportunity and the battle happened they were dead and we weren't going to turn ourselves in were we so we might as well get some stuff out of it as well yeah i don't know sweet sweet stuff true enough the thought of turning ourselves in never crossed my mind <laughs> <laughs> don't you remember the sweet things we got out of that house I don't think I do. I don't either. No. <laughs> we, were di we, were, we were disappointed that they didn't have better stuff. And the yeah. uh, DM Nick had to go back and tell us, these guys were kind of just one step above, above you. They weren't going to have anything amazing. Wasn't there a set of full plate or two? I don't know. Or was that something I just else? remember, I think I remember being disappointed because I kept looking for like their super huge treasure room. <laughs> the you wanted the Scrooge McDuck that, treasure room full yeah. of coins and it just mm -hmm. wasn't there. The I mean, look how much coin we have. We have a lot of coin now. Now. Yeah, you guys yeah. are also like twice the level that those folks were back then. That was back, you guys were level five, I want to say, maybe six at that point. We could Scrooge McDuck it now, almost. At least in the portable hole. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I got to say, I think that's probably one of the most interesting topics that we don't spend too much time on is, is morality and the different perspectives of morality. Especially between Kolvik and Melvin, that yeah, seems to be the. I feel like we yeah uh, we we touch on it here and there, kind of do updates and disappointments and things like that. <laughs> Why did you do that? That was so immoral. But remember when you put someone to sleep in the water? Don't talk about me. You always come back to that. That's because it was the first <laughs> thing we brought. Always come back to like, the first I thing. Put Helga Eagle Chaser. <laughs> you orcs and your what about Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, combat. you like set a guy on fire. Okay, who and that wasn't even that long who ago. Who put the light You also fluid. set a man on fire. Well, he was already on fire, but you tried putting him out. That was an accident. <laughs> Everybody knows it was an accident. <laughs> I was trying to put him out. The scenario was set up, and I chose the wise Roscoe to follow after. And I, I think it's such a big deal because I have high expectations of you, Colvick. Oh. And you know, I just, I sometimes I feel like I'm just, I get disappointed. I can see that. That's, I think that's what it is. I mean, you're not disappointing anybody else, but I'm glad that if you didn't, if you didn't <clears throat> scream at me, I don't think you would care anymore. Once you give up that's on r- me, that's right. you just give up. It's because I care. Yeah. You scare because you care. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you discovered shortly after looting through that house that there was a, a new magic in, t- a new magic shop in town. And uh, a magic shop that I continue to fail to stock for you guys so you can go back <laughs> to it. But there is a magic shop in town. Bought a couple of things. Uh, and then you were going to go out to the bandit camp. You made it to the bandit camp, rather. Uh, and that pretty much wrapped up that episode. Then we moved on to episode number 24, which was Fort Assault. Um, and in this, in this one, you guys really just kind of... Got to the edge of the fort, spent a bunch of time trying to figure out how to get into the fort. Um, you screwed around long enough to see the perimeter guard walking around the edge and uh, did a little wizard missile and uh, started the attack. That was pretty much all that happened in that one. You that guys was, traveled that was and then you got one, there. Just because we started the cinematic mode on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, like, there was actually some pretty pretty cool things that came out of that. I think you were the first one who got advantage out of that. No. Yeah. Was it you or was it? I don't know if that was the first one, but I definitely remember like dropping on top of some guy's head with a sword. Yeah, that's right. That one was fun because it was like a heist or a siege or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the DM often does give us a problem with nay a solution. I think one of my favorite conclusions to that is before we even get to the main base in the center of the house like how we're going to get into it roscoe says should we just burn it down it only makes sense <laughs> let's not spectate let's we just burn it down we didn't funny, burn it down though, what, did we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we did after we went in though uh, so that brings us up to episode number 25 kesha's bling of healing so you guys began that episode with the uh, Resuming that combat with the bandits. Well, I mean, for us playing, it just kept happening, but... Uh, that was the first time that Kolvik used his spiritual guardian to take the shape of Prince. Mm-hmm. We haven't really used spiritual guardian in a while. That was going to be a, a fun little repeated joke for us, is to use a different, like... It was, yeah. I don't remember it, who the first one was. Was it... <clears throat> it wasn't Prince? No, it wasn't. It was a rock? I think it was a. I remember a rock being one of them. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was spiritual weapon. The okay. spiritual guardian oh. was a different one. It was a person, and I just can't remember who it was. Hmm. Keep thinking like Jackie Gleason or something. Like, <laughs> that wasn't it. Oh, that's because it was a. It was a dad. But I can't remember who it was now. Well, the the dad from Different Strokes got mentioned, but I don't think that ever got used <laughs> as an option. <laughs> was it George Papadopoulos? <laughs> or Mr. Belvedere? I can't remember. Mr. Mr. Belvedere, Belvedere got yeah. mentioned, too. So you guys got through the combat on the edge, and you got to the bandits' barracks room. Really, from there, you just went to the back, found the treasure chest, and found that Kesha's Bling of Healing, Kolvik's uh, famous necklace that mm-hmm. gives him plus four to all of his healing. What does that look like again? Where did you get this image? 
Oh, I just found that online. <laughs> Catch this bling. Well, it looks like a talisman shaped of a shovel with two large round uh, handles. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like a fully erect shovel or? Uh, <laughs> elongated, fully erect. Or like yeah. Mickey Mouse with the top of his head stretched out. Catch this <laughs> <laughs> bling. Yep. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know, and just a reminder to everybody out there listening that uh, Kesha really does truly have a jewelry company. You can Google this at any time. If you find the, the single gold necklace that looks like a two round-handled shovel, <laughs> you'll know you found the right one. Was that actually from her line? Yeah. She's got some other stuff too, feathers and skulls and some other things, but yeah, I think the wangs are the, the funniest part. <laughs> I think there's a matching set of earrings to that too. It's like it was lazily drawn. Like, it's not <laughs> symmetrical, or... I think you brought this up during the episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe she's just dated a lot of asymmetric guys. Could be. Well, after that, you guys did, in fact, light the bandit house on fire and leave. Took a few days for you to get back to town, and uh, that, was the, that was the first time that you guys found Exute hanging out in the backyard with Grace. I guess it's probably important to note that the reason we went there was because of Exude in the first place, right? We were trying to get artifacts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one happened to be for Kolvik. Yeah, I don't remember now. That was the that was the first one. Mm-hmm. The yep. very first one of, of her... Uh, I hesitate to call it gifts because it's not like she gave them to you. She just told you where they were. But yeah, that was the first one that you guys went out to get was, was Kesha's Bling of Healing. A wiener necklace. So you guys had gone out, uh, and in the backyard there was Grace and Exude hanging out. I, you know, I'm actually maybe just tooting my own uh, horn or flattering myself, but I thought that was I thought that was an interesting interaction. I'm, cu- I'm curious what you guys thought, because that was not only Exude in the backyard with Grace, but it was the first time that she really showed you why you're doing what you're doing. She took you know, like on the world tour where uh-huh. you guys were teleporting from spot to spot, and she was showing you, like, this is the land that you live in, it's all lush, it's full of life. Here's the other continent. Look at how scrubby and shitty everything is. So, start with you, Roscoe. Like, I don't know. Did that did that leave an impression? Did that make you more inclined to work with Exude? Did that make you less inclined? More inclined. I mean, you don't say no to a sexy deity of death that's hanging out with your daughter. <laughs> fair, fair. That was a little unnerving, though. You know, she seems uh, on the up and up for the most part. Any other thoughts or impressions you walked away from that experience with? No. Like, her quest and concerns for the world seem legitimate. So it's only fair that we do our part, being fine, upstanding men of the world. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kolvik? How did that, uh... What impressions were you left with after that meeting? That was almost a larger-than-life feeling for me. Just because I expanded out of a small town cottage and then moving into a town, and then all of a sudden the world was brought to my attention of what things are. So for Colleague, it was it was a very eye-opening situation about what things are about. And not only that, kind of questioned his own deity, thoughts of, okay, this is a little bit bigger than me, but I think with the uh, Haea by my side, we can do this, and hopefully getting some more thoughts from the, the deity path to guide me a little bit more. And I think on a like a, a meta game level, I thought it was a really good, really really good path to where we're going to be heading for as us as players because you talk about 
level one through level this should be region and then go to world and then go to that. And I think that was a great exit point to our later characters of what we're going to develop with. That was good. You know, it was one thing that I kind of struggled with early on in that was talking with you guys about like thinking about this not just as a D&D game, but thinking about it as like a, an ongoing narrative. Because the game, you know, as, as the book says, you know, like levels one through five, you are local heroes, you're affecting your town, you're, you know, the immediate area around, then you move into the region, you move into the world, and then you move into the, the plains, basically, is what they suggest. And that's cool if all of those stories just kind of wrap up and fall within those, mm. but I wanted to make a story for you guys and for the audience that went, like, that you'd know relatively early on that the stakes were higher for you guys, that mm -hmm. there was a bigger thing going on. As we talked about, I definitely want to take this all the way up to level 20, so I, had a, I wanted to have a thing that would be interesting all the way up to level 20. So, so yeah, thanks for pointing out how great I am at planning D&D. <laughs> That's awesome. You know. uh, getting back to um, the Exude in the Backyard and the World Tour, Melvin, how did you feel about that? Anything, anything you particularly took away there? Was that also the time she brought us up to the Home of the Gods and stuff like that? That was a different one, and I think that was actually yeah, was sometime in one through one through twenty. Uh, I don't know. I guess I think I, I remember feeling like when we had those experiences. There's always like this weird thing, like when there's gods or something involved in a story, you never really can trust them, or you don't really know what their intentions are. And I think there was a certain part of me that just thought they're it's, they could just be fucking with us, you know, at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so when we had that experience you know i think that kind of i remember feeling like i could get on board with trying to restore balance to the world and that made the i don't know the gods a little bit less antagonistic i guess and more like they're on our side any other thoughts on uh, on that part before we move on to the next episode nope so we move into episode 26 which i titled i think appropriately mostly rambling we had talked over the revelations from Exude a little bit. We spent a lot of time pushing the boundaries of getting a cease and desist howler. Uh, we discussed our first spin-off, which was it's having a convenience store. <laughs> how, how amazingly interesting that would have been for the audience. <laughs> the, the, the gas station, the, the what did we call it? The, the very good retailers or something like that? Or I can't even remember. Um, oh, that was that was the first time we talked about uh, was it Greasy Steve living down by the river? Because because we did a Kolvik had his first ever games of Pogs. That's right. Yeah, Greasy Steve. <laughs> Greasy Steve the Sidler. But he's actually just like the most caring guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Lives in a in a cart down by the river because his donkey can't get him back up the slope. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much everything that happened in that episode. We just kind of did a little bit of, we'll call it world building and mostly BSing. But from there, we went on episode 27 called Please Stab Me. Please Stab Me. Please Stab Me. Please Stab Me. <laughs> in this one... <laughs> yeah, well, you guys started talking a little bit about Kolvik and his, his shake business. Uh, we established a little bit of that orc history and culture, which is wild because when this episode is released, it'll be right in the middle, essentially, of the defending the orcs from the mm -hmm. savage war clown clans of the mountains. But Aegis had stopped by after this, 
I don't know, I just think that's kind of cool that like, you know, there was something we did in episode 27 that was just like a random joke that we talked about. And then all of a sudden it became a, a plot arc of some sort. Yeah, I love doing that. That's really cool. Another pat on the back for the DM. Hey. Hooray. Hooray. Yay. But uh, Aegis had stopped by in this episode and asked you guys to take Daff on a, on a little bit of an adventure. Um, explained that there was some Kenku west of town that he had kicked out a while ago and wanted you to go take care of him. So I think we should roll this. Let's just roll episodes 27 and 28. Episode 28, by the way, being titled The Very Good Birthday Party Team. The Kenku fight spanned across that episode border. You guys had a lot of fun with the please stab me thing about mm. the Kenku repeating it. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say that my favorite incident in the whole thing was uh, was Melvin describing it as a cloud of blood and head guts. One of the Kenku got killed. And uh, and there, by the way, was Kolvik's first taste of Kenku mm-hmm. when you uh, when you ate the one that yeah. got zapped with the lightning bolt or whatever it was. This is amazing. Got... After that, it was on the menu. Mm-hmm. It's what's inside of a head. <laughs> Head guts. Head guts. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I like later on when we were talking to um, Exude and Daft almost almost got killed by a goddess. She's starting to mouth off. Once again, I had to put her to sleep. <laughs> Choke holder. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, a little more sleep spell, not in the water this time. Uh, which actually, I uh, that went very different from a from a DM's perspective than what I thought it was gonna go. I. I really thought you guys were just gonna let her keep lipping off to Exude, and then who knows what have ha- what would have happened there? Yeah, what would have happened? I think at the can, very can we play the what the what a game the the what if? Yeah, I, know, I honestly and I I feel like this is spoilers or whatever else for you know peeking behind the veil, but my thought when I was designing that encounter was that you guys were going to run into Exude on the road as you were leaving the Kenku encounter. Daph was just going to keep mouthing off, as you guys saw in the encounter, that she just, she just kept on saying stupid shit to a really powerful being. And uh, eventually Exude was just going to... Smite her. Just smite her. Mm. And then... I pictured that one, because what I was trying to imagine is, like, what are the likely things that are going to happen when I put this level of detail planning in anyway, is what's what could happen or what am I going to make happen and how are you guys going to react? And I figured the two reactions to Daff getting smote was going to be either, you know, you Kolvik had the spell prepared and could resurrect her, maybe, if you chose to, and then the interesting debate that would have gone in and around that. If we would have remembered. We never remember all the things that we can do. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, she's gone. <laughs> the very well. forgetful adventure table. <laughs> uh, or alternately, you guys would have uh, maybe even just chosen to leave her dead and then, or forgotten, or whatever, and just leave town. <laughs> and then, right? What would happen then? Like, yeah. you bring back you, the guy that's employing you that runs the town where all of your stuff is, etc. And you just came back with this dead ass daughter. What the hell would have happened then? Could have killed him and then took over the town. <laughs> yeah. That would have been my thought. <laughs> Surprised. But as per usual, you guys completely surprised me with the direction that you took and you preemptively put her to sleep. I thought that was actually a really cool uh, alternate way of that occurring or happening. Mm-hmm. Wasn't quite Lum in the tower level, but... <laughs> Lum. Oh, Lum. 
How did Lum die? Oh, we killed him in that crab bite. He yeah, was the first one to die too. I think. Did we have the crabs eat him? I could. I don't know. No, I think you we stabbed had, him. I think he died he pretty quick. Wasn't it? Uh, who was the other dude? He had a weird name that we fed to the crabs. Alive. Yeah. He had like a. There was. There was Lum Earth Grip Regenkak. That's him, Regenkak. 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 I kept thinking like His Ronald Regenkak. <laughs> no, that's not right. Crassus uh, Yeah, Red. that that was the guy that you guys webbed onto the beach and called up the crabs to eat the guy alive while he was paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Returning again to moral quandaries. I shouldn't even call it moral quandaries. You guys never have a problem with doing it. At the time, anyway. At the time. I always like to go back and analyze those things as if I didn't do any of those bad things. <laughs> well, you know, your character in the game did it, I guess. Um, but... I don't know what happened to Lum. I th I just feel like he died like really one of the first people to die early <laughs> on so. in that battle. He was the first one to go, and it was just regular old combat mm. stabbings, basically. An honorable death. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than dying of thirst at the top of that wizard tower. Mm -hmm. Can't believe we left him with all of his stuff. A bunch yeah, of noobs. <laughs> well, hey, that's you know that we're getting pre-episode twenty here. Oh, okay. Was I what? I was just gonna ask you like. Were you thinking, like, when we were leaving them up at the top of that tower, like, you stupid noobs? One hundred percent. You knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> you knew what wrong. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, those are the those are the moments you live for as a DM, is when the when the characters are doing something and you're just like, oh yeah, <laughs> you guys are just going to leave them. You guys are just going to leave them. <laughs> you should have made them strip naked. Oh. If there is anything I was surprised by is that you guys did not strip him naked. I really thought that was going to be... <laughs> What do I want to say is weird penis? <laughs> get, get away from me with your largely normal human penis. <laughs> is that your thing? Like, you just don't want to see any penises ever? Like, they're all weird. <laughs> they're all weird. Did you say largely normal? So you had a size in mind before? Uh, well, largely in the context of mostly normal. Gotcha. But thanks for picking up on <laughs> Is that when you create all of your... Characters, <laughs> character generator, <laughs> determine the length slider. Like <laughs> <laughs> There's a slider for like earthiness and like <laughs> weathered. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ball oh. wrinkledness, smooth to very wrinkly, <laughs> lopsided, hair color, <laughs> veinous. There is. Uh, there is a series put out by Griffin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me and the Adventure Zone fame. I think it's through Polygon, but they, he does these things uh, called Monster Factory. If you have not watched these, they are absolutely hysterical. And in one of them, they play the Conan, Conan the Barbarian online MMO, whatever. And one of the sliders in the initial thing is dick size. <laughs> no, <laughs> really? It truly is. And they censor it out. But like that, 
like the censored bar grows and shrinks <laughs> while they're doing it. It is priceless to watch. And like, and I think they brought it up in the video, but my first thought was like, who's going to pick small? <laughs> like, why would you just make it as big as you're going to make it or as like as you're capable of making it? Did it have like real physics? Like, it was yeah. like, like on physics. Like. <laughs> Which also came up in the video. <laughs> That's one of the emotes. <laughs> Imagine like getting the Jira ticket for development, like <laughs> implement penis physics. <laughs> Realistic penis physics, please. I thought they have that information. How many people went small? Oh. <laughs> Oh, for sure they do. There's, I mean, there's got to be some people that did it, but they're only doing it for irony. Like, <laughs> there's like, there's like three sliders, like height, skin color, <laughs> like fatness, and then there's like fifty sliders for the penis. Like, <laughs> just like, it, like it zooms in onto the penis, like when you're <laughs> birthmark left, birthmark <laughs> <Yeah>. right, <laughs> vein count. <laughs> Well, it's so like <laughs> divergent from that. I learned not long ago that apparently uh, anime breast physics are like a, a very hot topic. Like, like not like the, the the drawn cartoon anime or whatever the right term for that is, but like computer game boob jiggle, boob jiggle. Like getting the optimal boob jiggle is like a quest in Japanese game making. Uh, like in, I, I don't know, for some reason Sailor Moon is the thing that keeps coming to my head, but that's like kind of a kid's show, isn't it? I don't know. Do they have to like balance it between being like comically pornographic versus like, like, you know, acceptable for, you know, sale? I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if like, or are they just taste really ever comes in, but are they just really trying to get it realistic? I don't know if realistic is quite the goal either. I mean, cause how do you make like, how do you make breasts that are literally the size of watermelons that realistic? On like a 100 pound frame. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like mm -hmm. literally your back would, your spine would snap holding up that much weight, but that's still somehow in the game. And like, and it's always like rocketing directly outward. <laughs> like that's just not like, that's not normal human. You know, yet another unrealistic standard for women and all the rest of that stuff. Like, my boobs sag, and I'm not even a B cup yet, man. Like, so the visit with Exute on the side of the road led you guys to the next clue, the next item, which was Roscoe's quiver. You were told to go to find the Dinsmore family in Aster, and, well, really, at this point, you were just told to do it. After that, you guys saw... <laughs> well, I'm in the middle, we decided we were going to do a pirate adventure someday, which I haven't made good on that yet, but we'll find a way. Um, you guys had gone back and talked to Aegis a little bit. I think the only thing that really came out of that was just delivering Daff, Aegis being grateful. Um, I think you guys asked Aegis if he could make use of the tower or sell it, and he didn't really have anything useful to say to you. You guys technically still... Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess just by right of possession, have that tower or own it or whatever you want to think of it as. So, hey, just uh, let's not forget it. like our adventure there. We got the quiver, but I also met a new friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're coming back around to it. Oh, I think okay. it's mostly in the next episode. Because the last thing that happened in episode 28 was the birthday party for Grace. 
I thought you guys did an amazing job on planning a birthday party for a little girl. You guys, what, do, do you guys remember it? Do you remember what your uh, oh, yeah. favorite parts was? The legs. Oh yeah, we cooked up some kenku, eh? The wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got some uh, scab clowns. Yep, and then we had fireworks, uh, false fireworks going on at the end. And a slip and slide. Yep, we did make the world's best slip and slide. You guys made that slide, and now nobody's got the time for no clowns. Yeah, we made uh, <laughs> cobalt, po- cobalt clowns. That's yeah, right. the cobalt clowns. We hired a bunch of cobalts. Which is, that's a terrifying image to me. <laughs> <gasps> Imagining cobalts, like, they're not pretty. Mm-hmm. And then no. with, like, poorly drawn on clown makeup, like, it's kind of horrifying, but. I'm glad we still have Todd around, too, for loot playing whenever we need. We just hire him up. Rod. Rod, not Todd. Yeah. Rod. Yeah, you had Rod come by and play some music. Yep. And uh, and a sweet, sweet steel deer horn dagger for our little Gracie. Uh, let's see here. What else was that? Oh, and, and probably the best ending we've had for an episode yet. That was Melvin. There. End the episode on that. See if anybody fucking complains about that one. <laughs> <laughs> what was right after you told me that people are complaining about something or other? I don't even remember what they're complaining about. I, you know, I just I haven't really gotten that many comments back about it, but about the fact that our episodes like I just go I, I make an hour long episode every time, mm-hmm. just because that's how that's what I know I can produce on a weekly basis. And like I've had some some people say like, well, it's a little weird that it just always ends in the middle of stuff, but you know, it's gotta know. end somewhere. It's gotta end somewhere. Yeah, we could make it end on a more like adventure or play session or whatever note, but then the episodes come out at weird and irregular times and. I think people that like podcasts like episodes on a regular basis, so that's what we do. Plus, who knows, all the rabbit holes that we go down, we'd <laughs> never be able to end the episode right at an hour. Yeah. No. Very true. Like, if we could vary our episodes from, like, 30 minutes to three hours, we could do it, but I've seen some of the other roleplay podcasts that do that. It's just, it's weird to me. I don't want to force it either, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I have to cut out content to hit an, hit a specific mark, so... I think the way we're doing it, eh, it works out all right. And hey, we can all hope that most of the people that will ever listen to our stuff have, probably haven't even heard of us yet. So they'll get to just binge their way through 100 episodes someday. Yeah, totally. That's how I like to watch Game of Thrones and shit anyway. Right? So you guys had... You guys then made your way out to Aster. Uh, you did meet Hamper Dinsmore at his farm at the edge of town. Told you a little bit about the relic, a little bit about his daughter. Hamper Din- mm-hmm. Dinsmore, the NPC. Yeah, exactly, the, the NPC who had so much information before he didn't have any more information. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've used up this whole conversation tree. <laughs> you could say it's a... I can't remember your statement when it was great, though, Nick. Uh, <laughs> you could say that this is just part of a plot device or something like that. <laughs> and then... Oh, and then... We made it to the mayor's house, and we met Wadsworth. Ah, Wadsworth. Oh, Wadsworth. What gentleman and a scholar that guy was. You had a good connection with him right off the bat, too. It's nice. Wad. (laughs) Worth. Wadsworth. I think we made those three jokes, uh, (laughs) like, 12 different times. (laughs) So, you guys learned about the, the guy running that town, and his daughter, and them all disappearing sorry the the like mayor his wife his daughter and the dinsmore daughter all disappearing in the next room 
You did some investigation. You found the trap door in the floor down to the dungeon area. Made your way through the puzzles and combats and whatnot. Ended up finding the, fighting those hellhounds twice. That was entertaining. Had <laughs> fire in their eye holes. We didn't know that till half the battle, uh, the second time around, because you were up doing what? Eating soup. <laughs> Eating soup. <laughs> what kind of soup? Delicious soup that Wadsworth made for me. Ooh. Minty door. Minty door. Minty door. <laughs> That's right. You get to see some of uh, Wadsworth paintings. You smoked tobacco pipes together. Mm-hmm. Melvin can never pass up a lazy soup moment. It's just not in his, not in his nature. Some very comfortable chairs. Yeah, there was a lot of great stuff going on in that place. Hmm. Might have to go back, take a little vacation. Uh, then we moved over to... Oh, and I totally forgot. Uh, episode 29's name was Maybe You Should Eat This Guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because uh, Kolvik was getting little tingly feelings when he did certain things. Yeah. So. When you ate the Kenku. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should yeah, see that's him. true. That was kind of like the big revealing moment for me to find Hiaya was that tingly moment when I ate that Kanku. Did a mischievous deed. Yeah, we kind of skipped over that. Yeah. Which does establish a little bit of the character of Hiaya, who we have not actually met at any point so far, uh, but that she is a goddess of nature and chaos. So um, doing natural and chaotic things oh. have been rewarded or looked looked well upon by your goddess but not enough that she's actually you know come around yet yeah not to bring up a sore spot for you that's always a sore spot didn't you banish a monster into her <laughs> no we tried to <laughs> you were going to oh that's yeah right. into her place but i can only do it in the courtyard or yeah no i don't end up happening with that i think you just picked a different place yep uh, we'll come around to that. Mm-hmm. So you guys had uh, you guys had gone down into God. Looking back at this episode thirty, no resting in the dungeon it was pretty much just all combat. You guys fought those hellhounds once, and then Melvin came down, mm-hmm. joined you guys, and then you fought more hellhounds. <laughs> That's pretty much all that happened in that episode. You did learn your lesson and decide not to rest in that room again, though. And what was the deal? There was a demon down there, right? That was the next episode, right? Or was that the same? Yeah, that was the next episode. So then we get to episode 31, Get Out of My Dreams. And in Get Out of My Dreams was the one where you guys had finally gotten to the room with Amanda Astor in it. Got the pendant from her. Um, you went then across the hallway to the through that puzzle door and found a Giselle Dinsmore in the far one. Got her pendant. And then you got to uh, the main puzzle of the thing and got in to meet the mayor, Peyton. Convinced him that he should let the daughters uh, be together. And then the demon showed up. Uh, This was another one that, from a DM perspective, I had planned out several different ways that this one could end. And specifically, it was based on number of successes in trying to persuade the mayor. And you guys managed to get, with a critical success, I believe, from Melvin... A, you fully convinced the mayor that he should like choose the right path and uh, and with that Giselle came into the room and fired an arrow from her magical quiver and killed the demon mm-hmm. right on the spot otherwise you guys would have had to fight him if you'd have done really bad you'd have had to fight the mayor and then the demon <laughs> 
So you avoided I a think, lot of combat that yeah. time. Yeah. I think we came out on top on that one. <laughs> Can we still fight the mayor? You could go down and fight the mayor. Let's go back there and fight him next time. <laughs> he know doesn't what? have any crazy demon-enhanced powers anymore, though, so... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it should be easy to fight them. <laughs> Just go down there and start pushing him around. <laughs> hey, mayor. <laughs> then we could be the mayor. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> You're the mayor. Push. <laughs> I'm the mayor. <laughs> Uh, any thoughts you guys had about about that little adventure? We, we'll go the other way around this time, Melvin. Anything uh, that struck you from that whole thing? No, it was a good story. I like that adventure. There was plot elements that we had no idea were in the mix, like demon, other whatnots. Thought it was good, and the visualization of the hounds with the fire in their eyes—pretty scary, man. Kolvik, your thoughts. I always like scenarios that kind of play to our personalities. Maybe it's not even the best thing for the group, like the scenarios where you could have came down at any point, but you were really enjoying yourself some soup, so it wasn't really in your character personality to do that. And so there was a little bit of divide in there, but it played out nicely, and that was really fun about that. I enjoyed I, it. I am very lazy. <laughs> Roscoe, thoughts on that little chunk of adventure? None, really. I just remember being annoyed with the hellhounds. <laughs> they were. Fucking hellhounds. Well, and in the end, Roscoe, what you got out of that was your fabulous, fabulous quiver with the true strike arrows that never runs out of arrows and explains the plot hole of you never buying arrows. <laughs> uh, so then we moved into another, uh, another part that I spent a bunch of time thinking about and I, I think came out all right for you guys is... Uh, the dream sequences. Kolvik, you had your experience where the, the what was once a necklace of the, what would we call it again? The something man? The grimacing man? The grimacing man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had your necklace, the grimacing man, that like, mm -hmm. basically came to life and wrapped itself around your wrist. And so you had another sign from Haya. Uh, Melvin, you got your warning um, about, well, not warning, I shouldn't say. You got a heads up about the next visitor and about how they they were going to have a thing for you, basically. Uh, which was Nansen, which we'll come to in the next episode. And then Roscoe had a secret visit. We still, don't, we still don't know that secret. Mm -hmm. Secret. I'll never tell. What happened? Secret things. Secret. We come to... We come to episode 32, Our Pal Nansen. <laughs> I was just reading reading through some of the notes here about when, when Roscoe was like, oh, your Lord Xenu didn't save you then? <laughs> <laughs> they were scientists, not Scientologists. <laughs> and Melvin just, ha ha, you thought you meant Scientologist. <laughs> I did laugh at that one. That's pretty fun. Nansen's response of, okay, I'm going to bed now. So you guys said you met Nansen, and Nansen, despite not having a lot of money, uh, wanted to hire some adventurers to help guide him to a place of magic. And you guys agreed, largely because Melvin had a, a dream the night before saying, take the next quest you're given. You made it all the way there. You reached that cliff face. We had some fun climbing. That was another one of those fun things. I like sometimes just giving you guys a problem with 
no clear solution in mind, but you guys figured out how to climb down the one cliff and mm-hmm. back up the other one without too much mess- messing about. Uh, you got into the cave, you found those big crystal creatures that were attacking you and managed to kill them. Glass monsters. Evil glass monsters. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of jewels out of those guys, too. Yeah, that was a lot of money. A damn good chunk. And the greatest thing we got out of that was at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, which moves us into episode 33, uh. Sacrifice, was where that actually played out. The crystal combat continued and then ended. And then you guys found Nansen in the next room. And uh, you get to watch him trade places with his uh, his dead wife, essentially, with using the power of the bracer and that like magical ley line focus, whatever. And out of that, the bracer itself stayed, though though Nansen had gone, and uh, and Melvin got his bracer that allows him to go back in time by six seconds. Yep, that's been super useful. Been that awesome. has been useful. Way overpowered. <laughs> I thought I'd be more mischievous with it than I have been, but hey, I've got lots of time. I thought that was a but well I- done, <laughs> a well done story. Well, thank so, you. I uh, really appreciated that one. Very touching at the end. Nansen sacrificing himself. Very different from our normal content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. No, actually not really. It seems like the storylines always have a purpose to what it's going towards. I'm not playing kiss-ass DM anymore. But no, <laughs> no but the, the stories seem to always make sense at the end of it. There's a reason for it, and it's usually a, a great conclusion ending like that. Well, thank you. So... I try and make it so that we're not just running around killing shit for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's because we want their stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then we entered into what, if you guys, if I haven't explained this or talked about it before, uh, has been one of our most popular segments that we have done in the entire 40 episodes we've had so far was the clown combat sequence. That started at the end of episode 33, and and we resolved it in the beginning of episode 34, Interview with the Death God. Just, what do you guys guys got for thoughts on the clown combat? Kolvik, we'll start with you this time. That was just all around fun. Just from the basis design of we had no clue what we were, no clue what it was about. And then it grew into a local clown union, and then it grew into clown noises, and then it grew into war clowns to the north, and... Just the way that whole thing set up, it kind of reminded me of when we were starting this about how we were like the development of, oh, well, I think I killed his family member by doing a spell of Perkins. It kind of reminded me of that. So that was really fun. And you, did you just create that one that whole night? Did you, if I remember it, I thought you just created like all those clones and stuff and then we, or did you have that planned out for us? No, that literally was basically all on the fly. I think the only thing that I had was the pictures of the clowns because I, th- I figured we'd do maybe something like that and I didn't even know if we would do it that night. Nice. So yeah, that whole thing, I mean, it was just a modified some other creature, uh, but like the way that whole scene rolled out, everything was on the fly. There was no prep or planning for any of that. Yeah, that was awesome. That was all ad hoc and turned out to be some of our best content. Yeah. And that was also the time that Kovic set a clown on fire for no good reason. <laughs> no good reason. No, no good, good reason at all. As you blind and make them deaf and put little things... And you kicked one in the nuts so hard with your yes. crocs. But did I kill any of them by setting them on fire? No, I did not. You almost killed that one by kicking him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Almost. We almost. spent a lot of time almost. talking about could you kill someone by kicking him in the nuts. <laughs> 
I like how that's kind of... But you almost did. Ah, ah, ah. Almost killed him. Just because I was trying to and didn't succeed. That was actually the first time you used the new bracer was to rewind and re-aim. So that instead of pounding him in the taint, you pounded him in the actual nuts. Uh, that bracer's coming in handy. Yep. Melvin, any other uh, thoughts about the clown battle? No, it was good. Roscoe? I, like, oh. I like finding ridiculous things, too. Like clowns. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was so much fun. Yeah, your your thoughts? Anything outside of that, Roscoe? No, not really. I am excited, though, if Roscoe ever does a uh, maybe a one-shot of whatever himself. I'm excited for the voices he can make. <laughs> Just by he did that clown union guy. Oh, hey, that this was is priceless. Clown union. <laughs> I can't remember, but it was great. No, nobody's got no time for no clowns. That's the one. <laughs> That's <yeah>. so good. <laughs> Or no time for any clowns. Yeah, That's so what it was. got no time for any clowns. Um, yeah, I gotta say that was. There are times where I, I make decisions about the story and I do things because I want it to be a good story to listen to. Um, so we're not necessarily a typical D and D session, which. You know, that's a weird thing for a lot of people that listen to, like, Critical Role or The Adventure Zone or some of the other more popular ones that, like, they get this impression that, like, that's what a D&D game is like or what it should be like. And the truth is that, like, of everything that we've recorded so far, the clown session is the closest to any other D&D that I've ever played. Like, where it's totally ad-libbed and, like, shit just happens. You run into weird-ass monsters, like clowns, and whatever just happens and it's mostly immature humor and mm-hmm. fart jokes and stuff for <laughs> the time you're doing it. But it was really fun. I think th- I think that's a big reason why I've gotten so much feedback from the people listening uh, to that episode was because I think it was really obvious how much fun we were having doing that. That whole sequence was a blast uh, to DM and, and I'm sure to play. So. so moving on, moving on to the remainder of episode 34, we had another conversation with Exut and she was basically just saying... You guys all got your artifacts and things are going good, so now we've got some time to kill. I don't remember, I don't think I established it in the episode, but we had talked about how basically from when we started, we were about two years out from the temples, the big cubes opening up. And at that point, you had gone through basically a year. Um, so where we sit now is about a year a year plus, you know, we're entering into summer, so it's it's moved up a little bit. So we're less than a year from the temples themselves opening up, and then that'll leave about two years-ish before, um, before the big ritual happens that's gonna most likely be the grand finale of the show, but hey, that's dozens of episodes from now. Um, we did some uh, some leveling up. I gotta say, for anybody that's current, and for you guys that have that have seen this, so we've recently visited the Elven Town, and we'll come back to this when we get to the episodes. We recently uh, visited an Elven Town, and uh, you guys never asked the bartender his name. The bartender's name was Lego Jaborigin. Oh no! <laughs> uh, nobody ever asked that poor bastard his name. It was going to be Lego Jaborigin, <laughs> which was the the reference from episode thirty-four. But oh well, little little tidbit for the listeners. You can, if you remember that part. Uh, well, I still did, hope he comes back somehow. Someday you guys will go back and meet him again. Um, and you guys did from there. You guys learned about Conriston. Aegis had come by and requested that you guys go check out what was going on in that town because he hadn't heard from him in a while. Terrible things. Terrible, terrible things. 
Um, that was also the end of that. Towards the end of that episode was the origin of war hosers. Giddy up, guy. Giddy up. Mm-hmm. Giddy up, guy. Uh, so you guys made it to Conriston at the end of that episode, and you kind of messed around for a little bit. And then we moved it on up to episode 35, titled Horrible, Horrible Monsters. Uh, basically, all you guys did in this one was fight the big, horrible monsters. The indescribable monsters that we described. <laughs> <laughs> then they have buttholes on the end of it, each tentacle. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the fan art on that one. <laughs> Butthole tentacle monsters. A Tuck- bolus for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> a bolus for you. A bolus for you. All Oprah style. You get a bolus. You get a bolus. That was a fun fight. Just because we weren't sure what these things want to do, so Roscoe wanted to find out what they can do, and it wasn't good. Well, and you made it pretty interesting for us by making <laughs> some boo boos. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. Yep. I cast one to the uh, third dimension. And then <laughs> and I thought, thought you, that was a concentration spell. Well, I also thought for a second you were going to cast me to the third dimension. That's <laughs> right. You're going to send me to my own third dimension. I'll save you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine it's being sent to a, a dimension of all of the turds that you've had in your whole life. So would, it make, would it make you feel comfortable if it was your own third dimension or someone else's? I think there would be a small level of comfort if I knew they were all my own turds instead of somebody else's. I remember you, Popeye. <laughs> Wait, this is the mine? I don't eat corn. What is this place? Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't established when exactly the third dimension portal got put in, but, I mean, like a hundred years. <laughs> Plus, I mean... There's some there's some comfort knowing those are all wizard turds. Yeah. What's the temperature then? 98.6. <laughs> Slightly cool. How does time and everything work there? Like, are the turds all appearing all at the same time? Oh my In the God. future and the past. <laughs> <laughs> I had not thought about the that. <laughs> like a fly hitting a window. <laughs> what a terrible... <laughs> always existed there. Your poop. What a terrible curse that would be to be gifted with the gift of... Like being able to predict the future, but only in terms of turds. Like, <laughs> I know that you will die on this day because your turds cease to exist from there forward. You're going to poop in 43 minutes. <laughs> so uh, episode 35 really was just um, was just uh, fighting the Conriston horrors, another custom monster made of horror and tentacles and buttholes. Uh, you guys fought them, killed them, and then started searching the houses, um, which dragged us over into the border of episode 36, which was Aegis Speechless. Had another... Uh, well, you guys fought those monsters. You found some um, found some loot in the town, etc. And then in the aftermath of that, if you recall that Roscoe and Melvin, you guys had gotten poisoned by these creatures. And as you were... Hiking your way through the mountain pass, each of you felt the urge. I remember Roscoe actually did get to stab at himself. Mm-hmm. Melvin, did you you resisted that? I think so. I oh, didn't... you used the bracer again, I think, and and or the luck point, and got around stabbing yourself. One of those, yeah. You got real close though. And at the same time, Kolvik had felt a little tug from his bracelet, mm-hmm. dragging him off into the woods. 
So you guys had, uh, I, and this, I thought this was pretty cool because uh, Kolvik, you got your spell to get divine assistance from from your goddess and uh, and used it to get, well, you got Melvin back to right. Yeah, I can only choose one. You can so only choose one. I think it was the right moves. Turned out to be the right move, so. Yeah. So that all worked out. And then you went off into the woods and you found uh, you found the shake ingredient. You found the, the mysterious final shake ingredient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I just got to ask, I mean, how how was that for you? Oh, it was fantastic. I remember being ecstatic and kind of forgetting the scenario I was in and just all excited about these shake ingredients that came about. Because I remember talking about as well how I was going to come back and gather more of these. So I don't think I've really ever resolved that now I'm thinking about it. Not specifically, no. Nope. I was going to like hire Cobalt to go out and do some gathering for me or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember it was amazing finally found that healthy source of protein to add to your shake yeah we finally revealed that the big reveal of the and in honey and in honey ants as the protein that just fell into your shake just fell into that shake (laughs) you were just you're just masturbating and then you saw an ant (laughs) fall into your shake (laughs) (laughs) coincidentally coincidentally I was going to drink that after I got done. <laughs> and with that, we concluded the podcast and everything was done. Yeah, right? I mean, that, that was the was, point of the whole thing. Yep. No, it wasn't. I, it w- you know, that was, I, I thought that one was kind of cool too, because it was, I mean, for our listeners anyway, because we brought the shakes up pretty early on. Yep. Uh, so that was a, a mystery 36 hours in the making that that got to be revealed. So hopefully that was a, a little bit of uh Well, I guess you could release. only do... Yeah, what was I going to say to that? Oh, yeah, you can only do so many bait and jokes before you got to do a reveal of some sort. Oh, I don't know. I think we had a lot more bait and jokes in us, but yeah, no, but I'm, I'm still glad it, we but... revealed. Yeah. Uh, so you guys got home after that, and uh, you had the, the package that arrived from Melvin. Melvin, tell us, tell us what you got. Got in the mail, you remember? You got a, I think I got a gift from Wadsworth, and if I remember right, it was a select painting. The squirrel painting. The one he was most proud of. The squirrel painting from Wadsworth's collection. We need to go back and see if we can get Wadsworth to come with us again. I know it didn't work the first time, but maybe maybe after a while. Well, you know, I tried to get him to change jobs, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't interested at the time. But uh, who knows? Maybe in the future the time will be right. Maybe. An An old wizard can only hope. Right. You're not an old wizard. 200-something years old, man. Middle-aged wizard for an elf. Old for everybody else. Well, then we went into episode number 37, entitled Into Darkness, uh, in which we met a very much younger Melvin and his friends Kip Steele and Hercules Hogleg. (laughs) (laughs) Um... We had actually introduced this a little bit in the previous episode, but episode 37 was where we got into our first time ever of uh, uh, Kolvik DMing for us, and uh, and I, I, th- I thought that whole thing was really fun. It was really it was really cool to be a, a player in that, and I thought you did a really good job on the story and our adventures through pig blisters, the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun thing to create. Just coming out of only being a player this is only the second time i've played D campaign so trying to 
and you all went out, went along with everything, so that was really neat. <laughs> Didn't really do too many hiccups or ask too many questions of what, so it was good. That was good. I just remember on the spot, I'm like, man, I have all these characters in mind and how they're going to play out and all the voices, and I get into like two seconds of a voice. I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> that's, that's not right at all. No, it was good. Good campaign. The only thing that I could maybe stand to have better was the map. The map was just terrible. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> okay, next time I'll give you an all of seven minutes. <laughs> A seven minute map. Ooh. I know. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty good one. Uh, so that actually that that carried us into episode thirty-eight. Was the uh, was the second half of that? Let's just take it from these nerds, uh, in which we just took it from those nerds. Nerds. Uh, and pig blisters won won that their contest. Uh, we wrapped up the the pig blisters Melvin backstory in episode thirty-nine, which was one thousand and one uses for immovable rods. Uh, we didn't do a, a ton else in that one. Um, actually, no, we actually did quite a bit in that. Now that I'm looking back at the notes, we we finished up um, we finished up the Colvick adventure with a lot of poop. Yeah, um, a lot of poop. <laughs> Just and slides. So and much poop. Raves and at the end, of, we we probably lost a few listeners with all of that poop. I mean, we're normally pretty filthy, but mm-hmm. no, that was a good week <clears throat> if I remember right. For yeah, Listen. that's true. Maybe that's what we need to do. Poop. Just more poop. <laughs> <laughs> Just less boogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boogers got a bad reaction. Listeners have spoken. We should do a Twitter survey. With more boogers? Poop? Boogers, boogers or poop? That's There's no third option. You the, must choose. The, the old Bud Light commercials. More poop, less boogers. <laughs> less boogers, more poop. Uh, so yeah, we wrapped up the end of the Pig Blisters adventure. Did another level. That was when uh, that was our most recent level. Got us up to ten. You guys also got those immovable rods. Uh, Aegis had dropped by with a couple of guards asking about Conriston, uh, and then Grace had found Tim Toscobble's journal, his Sans Gruel journal, and you decided to head on out and take a look for that thing. And that brings us on up to episode 40 our most recent in which you guys went to Aziz Ansari which is actually Alice Ansari got to go to the drinking place um, you met Team Excellence Roscoe really met Team Ex- Ex- Excellence mm-hmm. there yeah it did <laughs> oh, yeah. we had an awful awful decision on trying to go through pickup lines hopefully we didn't lose too many li- listeners on that yeah, that hurt after one second time around. Oh yeah, re-listening. Oh, brutal. And uh, and that pretty much brings us up to up to current. Um, we're still at the at the drinking place in Aelisasari, and we'll pick that up starting at the beginning of the next episode. Any other? Uh, let's let's have one last round of any other thoughts, Roscoe. You have anything else to add about where we've been, what we're coming to, thoughts on the future? No, not really. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) Uh, Melvin, Melvin, how do you how do you feel about where we've uh, where we've been? Forty episodes in, a lot of shit's happened. It's hard to keep track of it all. Sometimes I want to go back and re-listen to everything. Right, my problem. Because that's the thing. Like even tonight, like I realized when Grace got her knife. 
like when we go on adventures and stuff like that, like we have to remember like, hey, she has a knife that she can use and potentially murder people with and all the things that we get in treasure and things that we can actually do and mm-hmm. I think the that fact was... that she's a shapeshifter. Right. Yep. That I think that was one of our criticisms of one of our fans was why don't you guys ever come back to this cool stuff? <laughs> That's a really good criticism. Yeah. You know, it's like watching Jerry Springer show or whatever the modern equivalent is. Like, we let people feel good about themselves. Pretty much. <laughs> At least I'm not those idiots. <laughs> but in some things, we do come back to it, like the war clowns. And they're, we've, we've definitely created a big wide world of stuff to come back to. So mm-hmm. It's only like in the last episode that we found out that Grace was a shapeshifter. Yeah. We use that. That was cool. But I like a lot of times our battle sequences are creative, like pretty creative way to kill or get out of any sort of trouble. There's been a lot of stuff thrown at us, which probably could have killed us easily if we did the wrong moves, like bring someone back from the third dimension. But (laughs) no, like having the guy trip over the immovable rod three times in a row, (laughs) he he couldn't remember blinding someone around or I still, my favorite was chopping off that dragon's head with the, the, portable hole oh yeah that was from way back that's you know way that's back. some asshole on reddit try and tell me that that wasn't possible really like dude reddit come on yeah for real yeah well it was it was not so much about that wasn't possible but was like oh some people just don't know how to role play their creatures and i was like well hey uh how about you suck a dick you know like, uh, <laughs> like you didn't play the dragon well enough yeah like like dragons are smarter than that they wouldn't have fallen for that and it's like you know, maybe not every dragon would, but there were some other circumstances that, yeah. like that. Was, you guys, I don't think I, I don't think I ever told you or mentioned it in the episode at the time, but like that was like a essentially a brainless construct that was just there to attack you. I mean, it was part of a thing that Exude just created, um, and like also you guys thought of a really cool badass idea, so I let it play out because mm-hmm. that's what D and D is for. Right. I couldn't believe nobody had ever like that's not something that people do. Apparently, not enough. Oh, you're so smart. Like, can't believe nobody else has ever done this. Well, it seems obvious. (laughs) It's like a beheading hole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the people, I mean, there's people out there that play, uh, I think it's referred to as the rules as written crowd. Mm. Uh, The people that want to play it, uh, and, and like people that even play it without the magic and stuff like that, but I think that's less common. But people that are just genuinely doing like, combat simulator they want everything to be as realistic and historically accurate and all the rest of that as possible um and you know that's the way certain people play the game and i'm not a huge fan of it myself but uh you know what i do is i don't go on reddit and be all fucking judgy about it to other people so (laughs) it doesn't seem fun well it doesn't seem fun to listen to either nobody wants to listen to us parry with a dragon for right, like you, you know 45 bot, minutes you could write a bot program to play by the rules right <laughs> you attack with your sword it does for damage <laughs> anywho i think we should fight dinosaurs next dinosaurs uh there are stat blocks for dinosaurs are uh, there really oh cool. yeah in the in the more common setting of forgotten realms which we almost played in until I was too scared of copyright violations. Um, there is an island called Chult, which is like halfway between Amazon slash South American jungle and like fucking dinosaurs. 
Uh, it actually it harkens back a lot to the, oh, what's his name? Robert E. Howard, I think, was the guy that wrote the original Conan the Barbarian stories. Are you, are you serious? Did you just tell me that there's an island with dinosaurs on it? Yes. All right, Kovic, we're going to go parasailing around this uh, island. Like Jurassic Park 3? Yeah. And then, like, something terrible is going to happen, and then... The boat's going to go under clouds, and then you're going to come back out of the clouds and blood mm-hmm. all over the island. boat. Yep, and then we're not going to know what happened. Whoa! I mean, if that's how you guys want to end the series, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what if instead of dinosaurs, dinobots? That's what I was just thinking. Gnomish dinobots? That would be sweet. Uh, you know, I don't want to give too much foreshadowing or anything like that, but there is a place in our world where something like that exists. Yeah, we haven't really ran across anything mech-related a whole lot. Nope. So not there yet. is time. Not there, yet. There is a deity. You guys have explored a tiny corner of a tiny corner of a very large world. We're like in a sandbox. We're in a giant sandbox. We can do anything. What if on the other side of like a, the mountains? Instead of war clowns, there were battle mimes. <laughs> <laughs> the better enemies of the war clown. <laughs> They're terribly effective in combat unless there's invisible walls. <laughs> they have invisible swords and invisible axes. <laughs> they're real as shit, but they're invisible. I feel like there's a fucking lot of things you could do with that. <laughs> that would be... Oh, man. I mean, it's a little derivative. Yeah. But that was everybody's favorite shit. Right. Battle mimes with, like, invisible but real swords. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and that, like, weirdly enough, that sounds like Saturday morning cartoons to me. Like, battle mimes. Like, <laughs> 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 we could totally make action figures out of that. Saturday morning battle mimes. Perfect. Oh, it's fantastic, but unusable. (laughs) Oh man, we'll find we'll find a place for that. Go ahead and and just drum up, like, listen to a couple of theme songs from 80s cartoons and see if you can drum up a theme song and we'll sing along to it. (laughs) Battle moms! I don't know why I just went to make my voice go high. There's always a high part in those songs. Oh, yeah, there is. Because that was like in the in the epitome of like hair metal mm-hmm. and, and all the rest of that. <laughs> all, a little synth guitar and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they stuck in that box. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the end of the song. <laughs> Look out, you can't see the weapons. <laughs> well, we got to collaboratively just write up some lyrics. We'll see what we can do with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Kolvik, did you? I gave everybody else the shot. Did you? Do you have any parting thoughts for this episode before we wrap it up? Lardoons. Lardoons. I got nothing. Lardoons. 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 You're like creating it up. <laughs> Lardoons. <laughs> Lardoons. <laughs> All right. Well, that that wraps it up. I think for our. Our recap episode, um, I hope this turns out and people enjoy it. And, you know, it's not us playing, but it's at least us BSing and, you know, our normal hilarity and jokes and all the rest. And it, it's good to recap. I mean, like like you're saying, Melvin, uh, I mean, this 
20 hours worth of entertainment. We did a lot of shit in there. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see if this format works out for anybody that listened all the way through this. If you want to send us feedback on how you think this turned out or if there's anything you think we should do different. Hell, if you guys want to write in and send us some questions that we can answer for you or what the fuck ever. I mean, yeah. we're, we're just blindly stabbing in the dark on making entertainment for you. So happy to answer questions. But thank you, the- listeners. Yeah. I mean... We are still doing this probably because of us, but you guys are a big part of it. (laughs) That's the worst thing you can say. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, we're having fun, but I guess it's all right that you're listening. Yeah, of course. As always, thanks to listeners. And you know you can find us on thevgat.com and contact us through all of our social medias and all the rest of that fun stuff there. This has been episode 41, which is recap number two. And episode 42 should be out right at the same time here. And you can pick right back up with our adventures. Or, hey, if this is your first time, now you don't have to go back and listen to all the other garbage. And you can just take our best material going forward. There you go. I think we should end this with a VGAT chorus. What do you think, guys? Okay. I think we can try that. A homemade one, not yeah. the pre-recorded? Mm-hmm. Vega 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 The very good adventuring team Vega <laughs> Oh, we're terrible. Yeah. What? Was that out of your butt? That was like the law and order sound. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody hit your chair with a mallet. (laughs) Dun 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 dun. I thought like it was an abort sound like coming from somewhere. Like (laughs) a sweet. What was that word? Bolus? Bolus. <laughs> that was a double bolus. <laughs> Killed it with a double bolus. <laughs> wow. That was force. I do. <laughs> I felt it humbling, but... It's like you're trying to hold it in with your chair or something. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, no. Good one. Oh, Fred... Oh, friend. (laughs) Oh, friend.